In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. And we're building up to the game. It's obviously on a Saturday night for us um, in the UK, um, different times depending where you're watching it. So uh, we're dropping our pregame show on Friday. We've got Thomas on from um, Denver, um, UK Denver fans. Um, I've got that wrong, but Tom, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good, are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I, well, we're really excited about the season now as Browns fans because it, it, we might only have about 0.6% chance of making the playoffs, but we are in full swing. Party season is going and we're just going to have a great time regardless. Obviously, as a uh, Denver fan, it's, it's, it's not been a, a great season compared to those of a few years ago. But how do you become a Denver fan? Um, well, it just kind of happened, really. I'm not quite sure how or why, but I'll uh, say that it's because they were the uh, reigning Super Bowl champions when I was born, which is uh, a coincidence rather than a reason. But uh, that sounds a better story than it just happened. So we'll, uh, we'll go with that. So how long have you been following? Did it coincide with sort of the Manning takeoff more recently? or? Um, it was 2012, which was Manning's first year, but I didn't know anything about Manning when I became a fan, so I can't say I was uh, following the uh, elite quarterback to the Super Bowl. As I'm, sure, I'm sure many Broncos fans became Broncos fans because of Peyton Manning, but no, that's not. I just uh, happened to come across them with Peyton Manning and... Uh, I suppose I was just lucky, really. Uh, it's, it's one of them trends you can see for, through sort of being a uh, fan that when you go to the games and you speak to UK NFL fans, it's like next year we'll find lots of Chiefs and Rams fans that we've never really seen go into uh, NFL games because, hey, if it's the first um, year of watching the sport and you're like, which team should I support? And you sit there and you watch a game like the Rams, Chiefs from a few weeks ago, you're going to go, actually, one of these two teams looks really good to support. And, who can blame someone coming into the sport and uh, finding a reason like that to back a team? Yeah, you want to watch some exciting football, which is uh, probably not the Broncos at the moment. And uh, the Chiefs, especially, providing the exciting offensive football out of the Sams. I mean, they've already got massive support in the UK, aren't they? But uh, I can see that only getting bigger and bigger with Mahomes. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, so, talking about football, as in soccer, if you're in the States... Do you follow any uh, teams? Uh, yeah, I'm a Liverpool fan for my uh, sins. Uh, uh, so I've had more success following the Broncos in uh, that short time than I have as a Liverpool fan, but hopefully that'll change. Um, it won't but change. I also... but, uh, you, you, you can move on to some... Uh, it's going to change this year, don't you worry. Um, I also support my local non-league team, Farsi Celtic, who are... Uh, in the seventh tier of English football. So we've uh, got a long way to go yet, but uh, looking good for this season. Uh, hopefully, uh, Liverpool and Farsi Celtic League double will be uh, on the cards. 
well, one's got a chance of happening and it's not Liverpool. So uh, good, good luck with uh, Farsi Celtic. It's good to see people sporting a non-league football. So now for Paul's favourite question, the one he gets all excited about. What body part are you willing to give up for the Broncos to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, uh I have already seen the Broncos win a Super Bowl, so uh, probably less than uh, fans of some teams, especially uh, Browns after you guys have had the uh, last few years. I imagine uh, you're giving up uh, some limbs just to see the Browns win a game uh, at some point during your uh, fandom. But uh, let me... I'll go with a toe. A toe. Any toe in particular you fancy getting rid of? Um... I'll, uh, I'll, it depends how soon we're going to win the Super Bowl. If it's a uh, win a Super Bowl this year, I'll give up my big toe. Oh, big toe. We'll, we'll take a big toe. Um, when teams are going to win things, Paul's going to come around and build sort of a Frankenstein um, <laughs> NFL monster. So, uh, yeah, you, you might donate a toe to the cause at some point. As Paul said, what he's giving up yet? Um, I think Paul offered up his arm. We had three All UK right. fans offer up their heads at different points. So, uh, it's, it's, it's been be a good-looking monster. <laughs> but, uh, no, Paul's off at the darts tonight, so uh, he's enjoying some different sort of sport. So, uh, unfortunately, you're stuck with me, so I can only apologise. Um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you're a nice chap as well. Uh, I know Paul yeah, might say some other things about you, but I won't tell you what he's been saying. <laughs> he says it on the podcast, so uh, it's not like he's hiding <laughs> it. Um, how... How has the Broncos' season been so far? Um, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, really. First two weeks, it started off swimmingly, and we thought, well, maybe something's turned around. Uh, then it kind of capitulated, as it did last year. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, came a three-game win streak, and suddenly talk of the playoffs emerged, and then we somehow managed to lose to potentially the worst team in the NFL. But... Um, Thanks to the Oakland Raiders beating the Steelers, we're actually uh, still in with a stiff of the playoffs, which we're all clinging to. So uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to the Oakland Raiders for doing us a favour there. But um, yeah, it's not looking great at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's been one of them seasons and watching that game uh, last week, everyone had that predicted as a uh, Broncos win and somehow went and uh, blew it. Um, Philip Lindsay, it's obviously been a really bright, spark for you guys what what's it been like as a fan for a team that they invested in Freeman and then all you've seen is really Lindsay has that been a, a shock I think uh, a lot of the media guys over in Denver were set, telling us to watch out for Lindsay um, mainly as a pass catching back which uh, it seems to have been underused in that area but um, no it's obvious it's a great story and he's cemented his place now as kind of one of the elite running backs in the league this season and Royce Freeman he's he's put in the hard yards as well especially over the first couple of weeks when we went got to that 2-0 start he was crucial in that run and then he obviously got his injury but uh, a couple of weeks ago against the um, which game were this now against the Bengals he uh, seemed to get more of his rhythm back and he I think he what 12 carries for 48 yards and a couple of nice runs in there so I think as he gets healthy again, he's uh, he certainly creates a good one-two punch with his being a physical, you know, getting in the defenders, roughing them up a bit, and then Lindsay with his speed can uh, come through. So I think if those two can stay healthy and stay in Denver, then it's a bright future. 
Uh, and how's Corlin Sutton? He was a player I got excited about. I really wanted the Browns to pick him in one of our sort of first two-round picks rather than Austin Corbett and Nick Chubb. How's Corlin Sutton been doing? Well, he's, he's, come, he's come in and he's kind of been the flashy, make-a-big-play kind of guy. And I feel like we need to use him more in the red zone, especially on the fade routes into the end zone. Um, he doesn't seem to have been getting enough of those because we've seen he can win. If you throw the ball up to him, he can win the ball against any defender in the league. He destroyed Josh Norman in pre-season. Um, and he's just time after time, if you throw the ball up to him, he can make some astonishing catches. So he hasn't had as many catches as uh, we liked, but he's uh, possibly the top leading yards per reception player in the NFL. He's up near the top, I think, anyway. But, um, yeah, it'd be nice to see him get some more targets in the red zone. Yeah, it's, it's one of them. But, uh, no, fingers crossed he can develop into a promising receiver. You've obviously got Deshaun Hamilton in there as well, who people are saying might uh, break out a bit this week. Yeah, he had, uh, I think, seven catches for 46 yards last week after the previous week, playing the most, playing 80% of the snaps, I think, more than any other receiver and getting no targets. But so with Sanders out, he's definitely going to have to step into that slot role. And also, Tim Patrick, uh, an undrafted player who was uh, signed to the active roster this season. In his first game, he made the uh, game-winning catch to set up the field goal against the Seahawks. And then last week, he had seven catches for 85 yards and was our leading receiver. So, as we're saying there, apart if you take out Andre Holmes and you sign him with with uh, River Craycraft there as well, we've effectively got four rookie wide receivers. So the future is definitely bright at the for all the weapons that the quarterbacks got. It's just can we get the quarterback to use them, or can we get the offensive mind to be able to get the quarterback to use? And that's what I'm still not sure. And I'm still not sure if Case Keenum is a problem or if Bill Musgrave is a problem. And I'd like to managed to work that out over those last three weeks so uh, we can move on potentially from one of them. I mean, edging towards moving on from Musgrave when you look at the quarterbacks available. I mean, if we win, go 9-7 and seven and get into the playoffs somehow, then maybe everyone stays and everyone's happy. But I feel like Case Keenan will still be here next week and he needs a coaching staff that can get more out of him. And we've just seen the... Uh, Vikings move on from their offensive coordinator, so uh, maybe him coming in could uh, get Case going. Yeah, there's uh, there's obviously a lot of love for Flip still in uh, Cleveland. Keenum's thrown for 15 touchdowns but 10 interceptions, so he he's not lighting it up, but uh, he, he he's throwing a few interceptions here and there. And it, it is it it seems to be a case of you've got a rushing attack going, but you can't really supplement it with any. Uh, Pass game is that sort of how your guys are seeing it? Yeah, I mean we've had his Case Keenum's had five clean games in a row now when he hasn't thrown an interception. Up until this week, we were saying that's all he needs to do, but clearly I think they took Philip Lindsay out of the game quite early on, and we just weren't able to get it done through the air. I think we need to get the. I mean we've lost. He's lost his. We had Emmanuel Sanders and uh, Demarius Thomas at the start of the season, and. Then our top two tight end ends as well, gone from injury. I mean, he's gone from throwing to Stefan Diggs and Adam Phelan, two of the best in the game, to four rookies. So you would expect a 
drop off there, but hopefully another week with those four guys can get him that extra chemistry that he'll need uh, for the remaining three games of the season. How has your O-line held up with pass rushers? Obviously, we're going to bring in Miles Garrett, Ogba, Ogunjobi, um, Avery. They've had some fun this year. Um, and especially if, if the Browns can get a little bit of a lead, those guys love rushing the passer. So uh, how's your O-line coped so far? Well, at the start of the season, we had a lot of troubles with the O-line, especially uh, on the left side when uh, Leary went down injured and Garrett Bowles was uh, holding left, right and centre. But we've lost uh, three of our interior linemen. We've got two tackles playing at guard and uh, a guard playing at centre. But um, these last few weeks, they've played some of their best line football we've seen in Denver for probably a couple of years now. Uh, obviously, Paradis and Leary, if they were healthy, they'd... Uh, be in there, but McGovern slotted in well to centre, and then the Billy Turner, when he filled in for Valdir at right tackle, played well. And now at guard, he's played well, which you would expect on the uh, passing players because uh, they should be good in pass protection as tackles. Um, but to hold up for the running game and create those gaps for Lindsay as well has been impressive. And uh, Garrett Balls as well, he was uh, didn't have his best game last week, but the three weeks before that, he'd been uh, pretty perfect. So I still not sold. I mean, it's a bit of a ragtag O-line, as you will, with uh, five guys out there who shouldn't be out there together. But they've uh, seemed to be just about able to get it done. And against the Chargers, who've got a decent pass rush there as well. So it shouldn't, should not be easy for the Browns anyway. And uh, we talk about the Browns getting into the lead early. But um, something strange happens to quarterbacks when they, they walk into mile high. So, uh, Baker Mayfield could be in for a shock no matter who's playing on the uh, Broncos team. There's always one thing about Baker Mayfield you can't rule out. He's dangerous. He is dangerous, but uh, we've seen at mile high what Jared Goff played one of his worst games of his uh, season here. Mahomes played one of his. Tom Brady's played some of the worst games of his career at mile high. Ben Roethlisberger at mile high is uh, not being great. So, you know, mile high... Just when you walk into that visiting locker room, there's a little curse cast over the quarterback and uh, hopefully Mayfield will be the next to fall to that. Did it just not work on Nick Mullins? Oh, that was in San Francisco, wasn't it? Uh, so, uh, the and curse was on Keith and then. <laughs> um, so, Bradley Chubb, obviously a player Browns fans will know well. Um, one many fans, including myself, was expecting um, to be a Brown. Not so much always the player I'd have gone with, but just the player I assumed. Um, started off slow and then he's just been absolutely steamrolling since those first few weeks. On for potentially the rookie pass rushing record. Um, probably getting closer to rookie, uh, defensive rookie of the year honours, um, if he can keep up those numbers. So, uh, was it just a slow start and has he really pushed on or... What, what what was sort of the difference? Is it just getting used to the game? Yeah, I think in those first couple of weeks, he's just uh, getting used to the new style of play in the NFL. He's a rookie coming in, but uh, he's certainly adapted very well, as you say. He's, he's broken uh, Von Miller's uh, rookie passing record with the pass rushing record that he had with the Broncos, which was 11.5, and now Chubb's got 12. So, and as you say there, he's on course to beat the uh, rookie record across the whole NFL but uh, he seems to have gone under the radar with regards to defensive rookie of the year a lot and he's got he's been more productive in a lot of areas than 
Khalil Mack this season uh, with some of his stats. And he's uh, done more than just set the quarterback. He's got a lot of QB hits. He got a forced fumble the other week. And we've also used him in coverage, which uh, is, you know, so if we just let him get after the passer, the quarterback, like we do with Von Miller, then uh, I would imagine he could have even more sacks than what he does. No, it's, it's definitely, it's going to be interesting to see um, what comes about. Um, so everyone knows the Von Miller-Bradley-Chubb pairing. What sort of the other strengths and weaknesses would you say of your defence? Uh, I think the, another strength that potentially goes under the, the radar is the uh, interior pass rush in um, Shelby Harris in there. Uh, obviously, you've got the other, like on the defensive line, Adam Gotsis and uh, Derek Wolf, who's coming off a uh, concussion, but he's expected to play. And Demata Pecos obviously more effective in their run game at, in t- on the interior. But Shelby Harris, as a pass rusher, he's caused chaos the last few weeks. Uh, especially against the Steelers. And when you've got Bradley Chubb and Von Miller coming at you from the edges, then Shelby Harris just pushing up the middle, uh, he destroyed Pouncey in the Steelers game. Um, it's certainly a threat for the um, quarterback to have pressure coming at him from three ways. Um, and then another player is probably our second best defensive back with Chris Harris, uh, probably our best that we've got at the moment, Justin Simmons here. Uh, Safeties, uh, we've seen him block plenty of field goals as well. Um, he has play, filled in at nickel a few times now that uh, Harris is down, and he may have to do that again. And he's filled in very well, and he's a hard hitting player. He's made a couple of interceptions this year uh, at crucial times, and he's certainly a player I'm excited to see for the Broncos for many years. And hopefully, we can uh, tie him down before his rookie contract runs out. But the weakness for the Broncos is the secondary. Uh, rookie Isaac Yadam's out again. So we're looking at Bradley Roby. Hopefully Tremaine Brock's healthy. I think he is, uh, which will be a big boost. And then Jamar Taylor, who only played seven snaps uh, last time, but he played pretty well. So hopefully that'll get an increase. Then obviously, uh, I think everyone knows that our biggest weakness is uh, covering tight ends, which is been a weakness ever since I've supported the Broncos so I'm not quite sure what happens there but maybe it's the uh, the quarterbacks get a curse over them but in return they do get a few free passing yards to their tight end It, it always seems weird that every podcast and anyone I listen to always says there's a weakness at tight end and then this season everyone in the fantasy community is screaming that there's no good tight ends and everything's gone wrong which is it's, it, it's just quite um, interesting obviously the Browns have struggled terribly with tight ends. Uh, Njoku started to have some real games when uh, he's in that script. Baker loves throwing at him just because the size of a player like David Njoku just strolling down the field um, basically is just an oversized wide receiver. Um, is a fantastic person to throw at. Um, the, the run game, are you guys generally good at shutting it down? Is it something that's gashed you recently? Um, well, we saw in a couple of back-to-back weeks against the Rams and uh, Jets early in the season when we gave up a lot of yardage. But recently, we've been a lot tougher on the run game. I mean, you have to be with our secondary with no Chris Harris. And, uh, but certainly, it's, that's one area that has improved across the season. And uh, yeah, it's not something that I would say I worry about. Uh, 
certainly not as much as uh, the opposing quarterback. The run defence is certainly the least of our worries at the moment. No worries. Well, at the end of the day, running game don't matter, but uh, it's, it's just good fun to watch when uh, Nick Chubb or a running back's gashing someone. Um, sort of, where else have we got next? What's your prediction for a score in the game? Uh, I think the Broncos at mile high are different animals. I think the Broncos will be able to pull out the win against the Browns. Um, I'll go with a 27-14 Broncos win. 27-14 Broncos. That's a that's an absolute steaming. That's not even close. Oh, it'll, it'll be a close 27-14. That is sort be... of that garbage time late touchdown just to uh, wrap it up for you boys. Yeah. It'll be a, it'll be tight, and then uh, last two minutes, Von Miller will come in and uh, strip sack May- Mayfield, and uh, that'll be a good night. Well, I, I think the Browns are going to get more than fourteen. I'm going to go with twenty-four seventeen um, to the Browns. Um, I don't think it'll be a big scoring day for the Browns, but I think we managed to limit you guys and have some fun there. Um, Paul hasn't told me his prediction, but. Judging on the fact it's Paul and he's picked this score for all but two weeks in the season, I'm going to say he goes for 21-20 because, hey, I don't know why he keeps picking that score, but it's the score he always picks. So let's just pop it in for him. So three games left for you guys. Obviously, you've got the Browns. Then you've got a nice, easy trip to go see the Raiders and then potentially a difficult game against the Chargers but potentially a very easy game against the Chargers because if they've wrapped up um, that wild card, they're solidly um, got that fifth spot, they might take their foot off the gas. So what do you think your run-in's going to be? Obviously, you've said a a win in this game. What about your next two games? I think it all rests on this game. If we lose this game, I could easily see us losing the last two as well. The Chargers, if they beat the Chiefs tonight, then uh, if they win out the rest of the way, they'll be... uh, fighting for that AFC West title. So that could certainly change how they play week 17. But, um, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy just to get to 8-8 eight and eight right now and uh, preserve Pat Boland's record of not having back-to-back losing seasons as owner, which uh, I think he deserves, obviously. He's not in the best of health right now and should be going into the Hall of Fame uh, in 2019. And uh, I think that's the Lisa Broncos can do for him. Get to eight and eight at least. Obviously, nine and seven would be great, and uh, a few results to go our way. But uh, I, I think we should beat the Browns at home, and then hopefully we can uh, knock off the Raiders in there on a Christmas morning over in the UK. That one will be Christmas morning defeat for the Raiders. My poor old housemate Michael, who is a Raiders fan, will be uh, taking this news bitterly, but uh, he'll get over it. It's, uh, it's for the greater good for them guys. They need to lose out um, to get a high draft pick. Unfortunately, they're probably going to beat the Bengals again this week. And uh, that'll just be a disaster for them. But, uh, so if you're going 8-8 eight and eight for the Broncos, what's your sort of predicted record end of the season for the Browns? We're 5-7-1. So you're saying we lose to the Broncos. That's 5-8-1. We've got the Bengals and the Ravens after that. Uh, I think you'll... Beat the Bengals and then uh, lose to the Ravens. So what's that? Six six win season. Yeah, I six think. wins and a draw. So yeah. 
I, I'd have taken that at the start of the season. I think now I just want to keep the foot on and roll. And just to uh, remind you all about a crazy prediction I had, um, I think it was week four of the NFL season. I, I came on this podcast and I said, I might see a draw against the um, Browns versus the Broncos. So keep an eye out, guys. If it's a draw, I did call it, I think, in week four of the NFL season. So uh, crazy hot takes exposed. Be on, be on the lookout. Uh, I think we could do without overtime on a Sunday morning. Uh, so hopefully that's not the case. But um, <laughs> it'd be better than losing, I suppose. <laughs> You, you never know. So, uh, yeah, if it, if it goes that way, feel free to uh, drop me a DM and have a go because, uh, yeah, I will be looking forward to going to sleep as well at that time. But uh, these things do happen. And thank you very much for joining us. Plug yourselves. Where can people find you? Um, what's going on? Uh, we're on Twitter at UK Denver Broncos and Facebook group and page Denver Broncos. UK as well. Uh, so thanks a lot for having us on, and uh, it's nice to see uh, you. The Browns getting a lot of uh, focus in the UK now. Are you guys doing a great job? Um, as long as uh, Paul's not coming round near where I'm staying, trying to celebrate a Browns win at four a.m. in the morning, we'll be all right. <laughs> well, he's never going to behave. But thank you very much for coming on. It's always good to speak to UK fans as we build up to game day so uh minus this game if we win then I th- I th- we're ahead of you so by all means win out have a good end of the season um i think it's gonna be hard with the Chargers there but uh if they lose today win the next one it's all wrapped up for them so uh if we don't you, you might just sneak in and uh, just one last question do you fancy a quarterback in the draft this year um obviously with your position no, I don't. I don't think looking at the quarterbacks available, who is it sitting at the top of the draft? I think the Giants could well be in for one. I, I think if we move on from the coaching staff, then Case Keenum should see out his contract at the very least, and then we'll look again in uh, 2020. No worries. Want to keep an eye on, guys. Thank you very much for joining us, Thomas. Have a great um, game. Enjoy it. It's going to be kicking off at I think 1.20 in the a.m. in the UK on a Sunday morning so uh, yeah we'll be up partying and uh, we'll drop your podcast straight after the game just remember yeah. guys change is happening this change coming.